0: That was beautiful. That's great. That was beautiful. Yeah, they got to use these more often.
1: (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Laidback Lush. I'm Michael, a former wine sales associate and vineyard
0: worker. And I am Gabe. I am WSCT Level 3 certified, and I work for a wine and spirits educating body as an administrator. And today we're going to be talking about Dune. <laughs> and how much we liked it.
1: <laughs> Just Dune. <laughs> Just Dune. We were gonna talk about Spanish wines, but we decided that talking about Dune was actually more worth our time, more worth your time, especially if you haven't seen
0: it. This is a now a Villeneuve Stan podcast. We will not be discussing any other topics.
1: Yeah. I mean honestly that what we ended up watching this movie last night with a few of our friends and we
0: absolutely <laughs> adored it. Yeah. So I'm I would be totally okay with this. I never knew that sand could be so pleasing to look at. It left me stunned. At every moment, I was impressed
1: by their visual direction. And the acting was also pretty solid, but honestly, the... the God, I wish I didn't
0: have to cut out what I just had to cut out. I wish wish (laughs) you guys could hear what Michael just said. No, it's better this way. (laughs) For you, maybe. (laughs) For you, maybe. The spice cannot flow. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, so if you haven't seen it, we do highly recommend it. Don't want to spend too much more yeah, time no, on no, It there. was
0: incredible. That, that'll that be my last comment. Yeah. If you like sci-fi epics, go watch it.
1: And if you have HBO Max, it's on there for free, so just go ahead and grab it. Yeah. Yeah. Cuddle up. It's a long movie. It's a long movie, but it's a very good one. It didn't feel yeah. long. We got halfway through it. It's like and we two and a like half And we were like,
0: I wish there was more. <laughs> yeah, I
1: was just like, I never want this to end. So we are talking about Spanish wine laws today as part of our wine
0: laws series. Yes.
1: We're going over Spain and Portugal. Yes. Yes. Uh,
0: We decided to wrap them into one because Portugal doesn't have a lot going on. And so it didn't really justify having its whole episode. And it's literally on the border of Spain. So we decided to shove it here. Yeah.
1: Now, we aren't going to be talking about port or... Oh, gosh, the word Madeira. Madeira. Yes. Yeah, we're not going to be talking about those because those really deserve their own episodes. Mm-hmm. But we do feel that we can cover both of
0: these countries pretty
1: pretty succinctly. Yeah,
0: and they do still fall under the same line laws. They're still, yeah. you know, protected designations of origin and whatnot.
1: Yeah, some of these, it's literally just an issue of spelling to know where they're coming from, uh, like the difference between uh, Duro and Duero. Mm-hmm. I only pronounce it that way because that's Because we way don't of speak it. Portuguese. Yeah, so if it's so there are just little things. Or Spanish. Yeah.
0: There there are just little things that you have to know. Spain Spanish again. I'm so sorry for how we're going to mangle everything that we are about to say.
1: And again, if you haven't already followed us, please do so on Instagram oh, yeah. and Twitter at laidbacklush. And if you know how to pronounce these things, you are a native speaker, please send us a recording. Yes. We we demand
0: it. We, we require we it. We demand it. We wow. demand it. If you're okay. listening, you have been charged. <laughs> you have been charged to also give us money. Oh, um, oh
1: Jesus. No, wine <laughs> first. Sponsor bottles. Yeah, yeah, definitely Especially sponsor bottles. Especially if you're from
0: Spain. But before we go into Spain and Portugal, there is just one thing I wanted to address from the last episode that I completely forgot to include. And that is Reserva in Italy. We did Italian wine laws last episode. I don't know why I completely forgot that, you know, Reserva is on a lot of bottles out of Italy, but I did, and I did not think to include in the episode. But uh, the thing with Reserva in Italy, it varies region by region as to what that requirement is to call it a Reserva. It is an aging requirement. It is an aging term. Typically, you're looking at at least two years some regions go much longer, like Brunello, I believe, goes to five. I believe Barolo goes to five. Amarone Valpolicella goes to four. But typically you're looking at a minimum two-year aging requirement for your Reserva wines in Italy. But that is all I wanted to say that. That.
1: that is a contrast with places like Argentina or Chile, where mm-hmm. Reserva may just be indicating a difference yeah it's it's like (laughs) a difference in something
0: yeah even in the u.s it's kind of like well it's a reserve wine it has no legal definition but we're gonna put it on the label anyway because we want to look fancy (laughs) yeah it is probably normally gonna be a higher quality wine than like their base wines in general. But there's no but, associated laws. Yeah. So it could be an aging thing, it could be just it's a particular vineyard plot that they want to showcase in the new world, stuff like that.
1: Well, and if you're visiting the vineyard, especially if you're uh if you're one of our US listeners and you're visiting the the vineyard itself, just ask the producer. Yeah. What is your reserva uh, indicate?
0: Yeah. Well, going from some loosey-goosey reserve laws to some pretty standardized ones that yeah. was a great transition yeah I'm, I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that one good, good job good job
1: we're gonna tweet about it we're gonna tweet about <laughs> today it. gabe made a fantastic transition <laughs> the segue was so well oiled <laughs> uh, we are talking about spain and portugal if you are unaware uh just to go over briefly Both Spain and Portugal occupy the same landmass just south of France. It has a couple of major influences, including some rivers, the Ebro River, the Duero River. You also have the Tahoe and the Guadalquivir. Please, please, please help (laughs) me with pronunciation. Um, Uh,
0: Yeah, don't look at me. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm asking our (laughs) listeners.
1: And those are all going to be flowing through. Some of them flow through Portugal as well. Then we also have a group of mountain ranges. These are referred to as cordilleras. They are strewn throughout Spain, so you have a lot of good isolated climates. A lot of very unique terroirs in order to be classified into the various things that we're going to be going over now. Yeah. As far as the climate itself... Just very briefly, how would you describe the climate of Spain?
0: Hot in most places. Normally, you're going to be looking at Mediterranean. You can also, though, in the coastal regions, you're going to be getting a lot of more moderating influences from the ocean. So those are going to be maritime climates. Still overall fairly hot, but cooler than the rest of the country. Your Vino Verde, for example, is a coastal region. That's where those white grapes are going to be able to grow and retain uh, the acidity and whatnot that they might not be able to. There are white grapes that are grown further inland, but Spain, you're normally looking at a lot more reds and rosés than white wines. The same with Portugal, at least in my experience, just because both these countries are hot.
1: As far as the varietals that you're going to be seeing in Spain, you are looking at Tempranillo, Babal, Garnacha, and Monestral, mostly for your reds. And for whites, you're looking at Albarino, Ares, Verdejo, and Macabeo. Mm -hmm.
0: Also, these grapes have probably five different names across the country. So this is something we will be getting into with some wine law distinctions. In certain parts of Spain, uh, Catalan is what is the native dialect Mm -hmm. instead of like the standardized Spanish. But that will influence the names of grapes across the country.
1: Yeah, and you're also going to be looking at different names in Portugal for yes. roughly the same grapes as, <laughs> <Yes>. as <well. laughs> uh, Which... It's good and it's bad. It's kind of like the opposite of France, whereas France is just like, well, here's the region that it was growing. You should know what it is. It's like, okay, well, here's the grape. And you're like, oh, so it's the same grape as here, here and here. Mm -hmm. But I know it's coming from here.
0: And this that is another uh, thing to point out. A lot of Spanish and Portuguese bottles. This is not, to my knowledge, mandated, but a lot of producers will put the grapes on the label Except for in certain regions, if you're looking at a Rioja, you just kind of assume that's a Tempranillo. Yeah. The really famous Appalachians kind of are known for their grapes, but even then, they might still... I have seen Rioja producers put Tempranillo on their bottles, um, so they can be a little bit more accessible, I guess, from that mm. point of view than some of the other EU countries and how they tend to you know, hide their grape name behind the region.
1: So this is something that I feel like we haven't gone over yet. With... The types of wine laws, a lot of this is going to be roughly based on the same type of wine laws that we do see in France, mm-hmm. uh, where the types of varietals that they're allowed to grow, the production method, the yield sizes, that's a very important one because it's a it's a quality control, yeah as well as aging end up going into the laws themselves. Mm-hmm. But how is a region actually awarded
0: our denominations? So in Spain, well, actually, let's go high level real quick yeah as as
1: broad as we can in order to get an understanding of this
0: yeah so in spain your your laws that are governing all this kind of like how france has the appellation d'Origin controle system in spain that title is going to be the denominacion de origen origen or origen i don't know protegida i believe or dop and that is the uh, protected designation of origin hierarchy set and that's where all these subsequent labels are going to be nestled under so for the very very base These are not wines that are going to be achieving DO status, which we'll be getting into here soon to answer or to kind of address your question. The Vino de España, this is just the non-GI or geographic indicator wines. There is a lot of experimentation in this classification. It's kind of, in one of the articles I read uh, from actually the Spanish Wine Scholars website, they were saying that it's kind of comparable in certain producers to Super Tuscans because you know, Super Tuscans were almost completely outside of Italy's wine laws because the winemakers wanted to work with basically no restrictions. So there is some of that at this level, but there is also a lot of just it's a country-wide thing. So you're really only allowed to put like the country, I believe, the year that the grapes are harvested, and like obviously the producer name and like a few other things, but you can't really put very specific things on these bottles. So a lot of it's going to be just, you know, very standard wine wine
1: yeah it's like uh, i decided to make a wine or yeah. it could be something or it like
0: be. what charles finney does yeah
1: when he goes to a country and i
0: i haven't had a chance to try starts a you know big ministry that leads to a great awakening oh yeah. charles oh god <laughs> <laughs> that's a little bit of church history for any uh theology nerds out oh, there Oh, dear lord <laughs>
1: This is not a religious podcast. (laughs) The only thing that we do religiously is drink. (laughs) Um, No, Uh, we sit here and we just are talking about Dune, which is probably one of the most
0: religious, heavy-handed metaphors, yeah, ever. And
1: then we turn around.
0: Don't mention Christian. (laughs) Don't mention Christian history. Oh my god,
1: no. But um, uh, is it Charles? Uh, God, it's the guy that created Orange Swift.
0: Uh, You know more about those people than I do. Hold on,
1: let me actually look this up real quick.
0: Well, while you're looking that up, let me go next up on our list to Vino de la Tierra. This can also be shortened to VT. Normally, I think you'll see Vino de la Tierra on the bottle. So this is... Dave Finney. Dave Finney, okay. Dave Finney,
1: it's not Charles Finney. I haven't had a chance to try Dave Finney's Spain version where he goes to different countries and he just kind of selects a bunch of different grapes. Gotcha. And then he mixes them together. I've had his Italian one and it was great. I've had his one out of Portugal and it was fantastic. I oh, I
0: believe ch- you've shown me these bottles before. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, I-, I think I had you try the Portuguese one. Maybe.
0: Was that the one that came in that weird, like, plastic sleeve? You had me try some wine not too long ago. That oh, no, like-
1: this this would have been back when I was living
0: uh, off of Robius. Oh, okay um probably i i honestly don't it's remember. been a minute and i also yeah.
1: had you try so much wine back yeah.
0: then michael got a lot of wine through his work at that time and yeah. I, I was his sample buddy yeah I, I needed somebody who i could talk to about wine yeah but uh so so that is a, yeah. a non-gi as, uh
1: as as far as i can tell that's a non-gi okay. wine and it should be excellent makes
0: sense yeah if he's buying across the country because the so the vino de la tierra is a regional designation This is a GI wine. This is a geographic Mm -hmm. indicator wine. So this does, it needs to showcase the terroir of the region it's coming from. Uh, That doesn't necessarily mean it has to be like the highest quality. We're going to be getting into the more quality designations here soon. There are a lot of high quality wines in this level. Uh, It's kind of like the other countries in the EU we've talked about where winemakers will declassify some of these wines so that way they aren't under as stringent requirements that, you know, the DO and UP will have. So there's a lot of experimentation here, but a lot of these are also just meant to be table wines. So um, and again, we've talked about Spain quite a bit on the show already, and hopefully you guys know that we like them at this point, their wines
1: fantastic stuff.
0: I really have had yet to try a Spanish wine that I've actively disliked, if, yeah. I'm, if I'm going to be real. So I would not try and dissuade anyone from buying in this designation just because it might be not as complex or, or whatever. Just because it's, it's a fun area to explore, you know, because there are a lot of very talented winemakers making very excellent wines in this level in Spain right now. But To get more into the question you asked at the start of this, this is where we start getting into how does a region achieve more renown in Spain? How are they awarded
1: some level of recognition that can be read on a label?
0: Yeah. So there's an in-between stage between Vino de la Tierra and the Denominación de Origen or DIO. Denominación de Origen or DIO is a delineated region. I don't remember how many there are, but there are quite a few right now. And they are... The quality regions, quote-unquote. So there's an in-between step in between the DO and VT, which is the Vino de Calidad con Indicación Geográfica, or VC. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of Vs and Ds and Os in in these. So VC is in between your VT and your DO. And the reason this is, is they kind of have to prove that they are of quality enough quality i guess and obviously market has to you have to be able to sell the wine spain is pretty pretty big on their regions having a reputation so you Mm -hmm. have to wait five years in this kind of in between stage at this vc level to be approved for your do status from what i read i think this is a minimum time frame because you can still i think be um Denied after that time oh, wow. frame, or or told to wait longer, but it's not. um I don't think that's common. I, I think most of the time you are approved. So then, when we go up from Do, the kind of like next to the tippy top of the pyramid is going to be the Denominación de Origen Calificada or DOCa. Mm-hmm. The A is normally lowercase in this yeah. abbreviation. So in Priorat, which is where Catalan is spoken, it's going to be Denominación d'origen Qualificada, or DOQ. It means the same thing. This is the same level, yeah. but it's just, again, it's a language thing. So these have to have been a DO for a minimum of 10 years to apply for this status. And currently, only Rioja and Priorat are, these are the only two DOCAs in the entire country. I believe Ribera del Duero is applying or or has been trying to apply but a lot of people think that they deserve the title in that region.
1: Yeah. And if you've ever had any Rioja red, it really doesn't matter how much you paid for it. You know that it's quality.
0: Yeah, no, the Rioja in particular is very protective of their title. They tend to have more of a um price gamut or spectrum i'll say spectrum than priorat priorat wines do tend to be fairly pricey or Mm -hmm. not like super pricey starting out but you are normally going to be paying more on average than priorat priorat is also smaller in terms of its output that's part of the reason it's just a supply and demand thing but uh we then have at the very very top of the pyramid vino de pago or vp these are single estate wines you have to be approved your estate does have to be approved by the spanish government or whatever body is overseeing it in that region and these wines have to be vinified and matured on the estate and vinified just means produced so it's kind of like france and the chateaus where you know you're you should be doing everything basically on your own property Mm -hmm. i do believe there's a little wiggle room on your vineyard holdings But again, everything must actually be processed and matured in your facility.
1: So in summary, you can say that the DOP, of which there are 96 regions, are subdivided into DOC, DO, VP, and VC. Yeah. So if you can remember that, maybe rewind and go over Gabe's explanations, you can be pretty much uh, guaranteed to know what's going on there. Now, the next thing that we have to know, though, is not just about the regions themselves, which is going to give you an idea of the quality, but also the aging requirements, because the Mm -hmm. aging has different levels of qualification in and of themselves. A lot of Spanish reds especially derive a lot of their flavor profile from their aging. Mm -hmm. Things are typically aged in oak in Spanish, or in Spain.
0: used to be more American oak. More and more producers are switching over to French now. Spanish wines did get a little too rough for some people a couple decades ago, and so they have recently kind of been switching to some smoother, more approachable styles. Yeah.
1: One of the differences is that with American and French oak, you have the difference between something being split and something being cut. Yeah. And so that ends up really changing the flavor profile. We've mentioned this before, but it's always worth remembering.
0: And obviously the toast on the barrel is going to determine, that's going to be your big determining factor of how much of that oak flavor is really going to be getting into the wine.
1: Yeah. And what the profile itself is going to be. So they do have an aging system and it's, if you know any Spanish, uh, it's going to be super easy. If you don't know any, it's time to learn.
0: I will say Spain is probably my favorite country in terms of their wine laws. Yeah in the old world, at least, because they are so cut and dry. And so you really if you understand the system, you do know very much what you should be getting in your glass. They're not like France per se, which I love French wine, don't get me wrong. But France is so much dependent on you knowing the region itself. uh, Whereas Spain, these requirements are base. These are baseline for the yeah. entire country.
1: These are universal to the country. You mm-hmm. can just read down the label of a Spanish wine and you pretty much know what you're getting.
0: Yeah. I will say, and I have it noted down here on my notes, that Rioja and Riviera del Duero actually, some of their qualifications are stricter in terms of uh, you are required to age for longer periods of time. But again, the baseline of what I'm about to say is for the entire country. So we have Hoven, which is just the very base of your pyramid. Also, this is going to kind of be a quality indicator as well. Obviously, your DOs and your DOCAs are going to carry a quality with them, but even within that system, this kind of breaks that down further into everything up to the Grand Reserva, which we'll be getting yeah. into here soon. So. Because the
1: ones that are held back for Reserva or Grand Reserva are also going to be typically of a higher quality yeah. or coming
0: from older wines. Yeah, you don't put bad wine into something that's going to be aging for, you know, 60 months. Yeah.
1: So, so. Hoven, which literally just means young, mm-hmm. what aging requirements do we have for this?
0: There really aren't any. No. Uh, this can be released pretty much as soon as it's bottled. It, it, most producers we'll see some time either in bottle or in barrel or a combination of the two again just because that is how the grapes in spain tend to be processed maybe not as much their white wines or the rosés in particular but hoven just know if you pick up a hoven it could have no age on it at yeah. all um and, and they're these, not meant to be aged either. no 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 oh, yeah no um even though tempranillo is a grape that it's like higher in tannins it has some decent acidity If it's not crafted to age, it's just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even try.
1: So buy it and consume it within about, I would say 18 months is the max that you want to go over the, the vintage date.
0: I would say even less, honestly, I I, I would say kind of like at this level, this is something that you're in the grocery store and you decided you wanted a Spanish wine for dinner and you want something easy and approachable, Hoven, great. Oh yeah, because these wines are going to be early drinking styles for the most part. Very approachable, very fruity.
1: If you find it in the store and it's it's more
0: than a year vintage, yeah, out, I, I just I, don't. I would, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just I, would, don't. I would hesitate. Find a newer bottle. So then we move up to Crianza After that, and do you, do you have the translation for oh, yeah. Crianza?
1: Yeah, it's a. It literally just means upbringing. Upbringing. <laughs> I like that.
0: So, for reds uh, and I will say for everything in Spain, it's broken down between reds and then white and rose,
1: but it's not vino roja as <laughs> yes. you, you might think
0: it's um oh gosh, it's uh in Portugal's tinto Is a tinto yeah in, it's it's Spain?
1: tinto in, yeah, it's the same, there's a carryover with that, so it's it's vino tinto in Portugal, it's just tinto in Spain,
0: gotcha, yeah, okay, so for Crianza, the reds are. 24 months overall aging requirement and i will also say for these all of these these are kind of like minimum aging mm-hmm. requirements so minimum 24 months and then a minimum of six months of that must be in barrel in rioja and ribiera del duero that is 12 months it depends on the producer some of them will go longer some of them will just stop at that point but there is a minimum requirement on the time in barrel and again the time aging overall up to 24 months and beyond so for whites and rosés the aging requirement is a minimum of 18 months overall and six of that is your minimum requirement for it to be in barrel there is no minimum barrel time however in rioja and riviera del duero at this level which kind of makes sense because whites and rosés tend to not be heavily oaked in general i mean obviously I can already think of so many exceptions and regions off the top of my head. But in, in, general, in general, the way the market is right now, like a lot of white wines and rosés are meant to be released very young.
1: And this style is typically going to be
0: more on the fresh side. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and so this is actually kind of where Rioja, and, and Del Duero are actually less stringent and require shorter times, which is not normal for them. So then we move up to our Reserva. And You'll so, never guess the translation for this one. Let me guess. Um, The virgin sacrifice on the (laughs) blood. Oh my God. How'd you know? (laughs) Like when, when I went
1: to wine school in Spain, they told me not to tell anybody.
0: Hey, you know, that's the secrets of the trade, baby. Are you you cult member nine one seven? I have to cut this out, Michael. You can't just expose me like this. We were bunk mates, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't recognize it with the hood and the mask. Yeah, no, it was, it was a whole thing—the voice distorter, everything. Yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're very it's, secretive. It's almost like Squid Game, you know. It's
1: it, another thing that I can't recommend <laughs> enough. <laughs> uh, do not watch unless are, um above eighteen. But uh, yeah,
0: yeah, there that that R. It's an R rating, I believe. Is, yeah, it's is an R for a reason? A, at yeah. least
1: uh, under U.S u.s viewing laws yeah yeah uh do
0: not watch if
1: you are under the age of 18 but if you are of an appropriate age to watch this in whatever country you find yourself please do it's amazing yeah we are in the golden age of korean cinema
0: yeah truly but no uh reserve it means reserve (laughs) it it means reserve (laughs) shocking i know
1: oh my god He, he didn't even let me have
0: the reveal Oh, sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll let you do Gran Reserva. How about that? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so for Reserva, uh, actually, Rioja and Riviera del Duero, according to my research, do not have any exceptions in this category. So mm-hmm. across the entire country, the Reds are a minimum of 36 months overall. Or three years. Or three years. Yes. Uh, sorry, I did all this in months. And so you guys are going to have to do some math or unless Michael wants to do that for you. You got it. And then uh, 12 of that is minimum in barrel mm-hmm. then for the whites and the rosés it is 24 months overall minimum time and uh six minimum in oak then we have gram reserve and michael do you want to give us that beautiful translation
1: yeah it yeah. means uh michael's sassy <laughs> <laughs> it
0: means read our tweets <laughs> it means read our t- oh dear god <laughs> Maybe, follow us, but don't read our tweets. Oh but, no! But no, also read our tweets. retweet them. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, give us that engagement. Yeah. Really, really, just exploit the algorithm on Twitter. Yeah, no. Let's
1: just do some impulse retweets, but don't actually read them. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to hear our hot takes.
0: But tell all your friends about our podcast and how great it is.
1: Yeah, no, please. Uh, grand reserve means grand reserve. What? Yeah, oh. grand reserva. <laughs> Who knew? Right, it's
0: the sound of my brain exploding from yeah. all that high-level knowledge. No, just I'm an down. etymologist, so you yeah. <laughs> know. It's like the uh, the Tim and Eric skit where it's just the guy going. Just <laughs>
1: <laughs> So this is gonna have the longest aging requirements. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, uh, so the Reds are 60 months, which is five years. Mm -hmm. and uh oh sorry i guess i took that one from you
1: no you did it's okay uh it's also it's minimum requirement of 24 months in barrel or two years for those of you who can do math
0: in rioja and del duero yes the rest of the country it is only 18 Mm. so um yeah that's that for reds whites and rosés 48 months which is Four years. Yeah, four years. Good.
1: Yeah, Good job. yeah. I do my. I did my little calculating teeth clicking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how you know he brought out his abacus <laughs> out of okay. his back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> he had his stone tablets with etchings
1: yeah it's it's my cuneiform uh wine notes that i have to sort through I'm, I'm the immortal caveman
0: michael you know how some people are like i was born in the wrong generation michael's like i was born in the wrong age i belong in the bronze age yeah
1: no <laughs> i'm sitting here with my cuneiform block and my chisel just trying to take some notes
0: Oh my gosh. Everybody's trying you to get me to code of Hammurabi as a tattoo on your on your
1: arm. I just can't get the uh, slab to connect to the Wi-Fi for some reason. <laughs> Makes uploading documents really hard.
0: Have you tried the dark incantations? I hear those work a lot better.
1: Yeah, that is kind of like old school Wi-Fi, but all of those satellites are gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so yeah, anyway, no, back, let's, let's not. Back,
0: back <laughs> to, to whites and rosés. Do you remember when we were a wine podcast? I, yeah, I've left those days behind me. I've changed. I'm, I'm a better man (laughs) so the whites so the whites and the rosés uh it is a 48 month minimum aging time six of which are minimum requirement to be in barrel and again in Rioja Riviera del Duero it is minimum 12 for whites and rosés there are a couple of other aging terms to know even though they are not necessarily part of this particular system Crianza, Reserva, Gramazerva and Hoven are going to be what you see on most bottles in terms of an age statement. So it does give you a pretty good idea, but there are a few others that are used in the country. I'm going to say this is Roble. If it's not Roble, it's probably Roble. It's R-O-B-L-E, but I'm going to say Roble. And I'm pretty sure it's Roble. Well... There it We're at an impasse.
1: All right, we're going to post a poll on Twitter. For th-
0: <laughs> if you
1: are a Spanish native speaker, you get to send us the answer. Mm-hmm. Do not vote on it.
0: If you win, you have our undying gratitude. Yeah. That's your uh, prize. But, but everybody has to vote on whether it's roble or Roble. So, you know, I'm just going to be snobby and say Roble. <laughs> um, it is used in Priorat, primarily from what I understand, and some other DOs. And this is going to be a wine that does see some oak, but typically just a very relative to these other aging requirements, very short. So typically only like 10 to 12 months. Typically, I believe it is on reds. I think it can show up on whites legally, but everything I saw was red when I looked up the term. Yeah,
1: as far as I know, that's that's the case, though.
0: So then you have noble, añejo, and viejo. Or Noble. (laughs) Noble Noble. We'll see. We will see how wrong I am. I'm probably wrong. So Noble is going to be 18 months of aging. Añejo is going to be 24 months of aging. Mm -hmm. And then Viejo is 36 months of aging. And this one does have the requirement that it must showcase some pronounced oxidative characteristics. Mm -hmm. Oxidative. Again, if you uh, have not listened to some of our episodes explaining that, That's mainly going to be coming from oak. It will also happen in bottle, but at a much slower pace. Oxidative means it's going to be bringing out, you know, more dried fruit and floral characteristics. It can introduce some leather, some nuttiness, some kind of like coffee flavors, things like that. Baking spice is like oxidative characteristic 101. So that will be your aging and oxidative. And and
1: where does this fall as far as primary, secondary, and tertiary flavors?
0: Oxidative is secondary, and I did list some tertiary notes under there, but they do tend to come from increased oxygenation. But technically speaking, oxidative character is going to be from barrel, and that is secondary in the process. Perfect. Yeah.
1: Another term that you might want to know, it has no legal definition, which is one of the reasons you want to know it is Vinas Viejas, which literally just means old vine. There is no legal requirement on this, so don't be surprised if it's going to be the other things on the label that are giving you the quality. Go with what's in the law, Mm. I would say, if you want to know what you're expecting. It could mean that these older vines are being used. Who knows how old they are, there is quite the uh, history in in Spain as far as phylloxera is concerned. So yeah, so a lot of stuff has been wiped out because of that. You just want to be aware that it might just be a marketing term, or it could be that you are looking at something that's been preserved.
0: Yeah. And did you happen because there's a couple of grapes that tend to be old vines in Spain. I can't remember. I think Carignan is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Tempranillo has been grown there for a long time. We really need to go into some some of the history of some of these grapes at some point. Absolutely. It, it's so nerdy. And like, if you guys don't care, please let us know before we record an entire episode. But I think it's fascinating to find out where these grapes came from. It needs to be an episode called The Bloodlines of <laughs> The Bloodlines of, of Grapes. Well, I mean, the it, it, visually. It sounds, like, it sounds like a Castlevania game. That I will actually produce artwork for. You. <laughs> I will, I'm down. I'm I totally so down. will produce artwork for this. Are you ready to move on to yeah. our our pals down down to the west?
1: Yeah, let's go to let's go to Portugal.
0: Yeah, let's go to Portugal. So Portugal, like I said at the beginning of the episode, it's very simple. So for your PDO, you have the denominax Okay, I know Cachaca has the C with the weird thing, so I'm going to pronounce this denominacional de origen controlada. I have no idea if that's. I right. think it's a th sound oh. actually. So denominacional. Denominacional. The origin controlada, we probably sound so yeah, no, horrible is... right now to any native Portuguese speaker.
1: Well, and it's it's actually funny. The person that told me that that's how it's pronounced is from El Salvador. So who knows? <laughs> who, knows? who
0: knows? Who knows? Who knows? So that will be shortened to DOC, or you can get denominação de origem protegida, which is DOP. So these are going to be your you know higher quality quote unquote regions on the hierarchy of Portugal then down to our uh, PGI level we have vino regional or indicaçao <laughs>
1: geografica
0: i'm sorry this is it's, it's so it's weird really, it's really so it's, weird to it's, say
1: it's so strange for for an american accent to yeah. attempt this uh, <laughs> these phonetics
0: indicaçao geografica protegida i'm i'm so sorry uh, or igp So these are going to be, there are 14 of these regions in Portugal. I didn't want to go into all of them because, you know, they have their own grapes and requirements and whatnot, but that is going to be more of your regional level in Portugal. So these are going to be solid wines overall. Portugal has very solid wines. I need to do more research on the country. Everybody knows Port and Madeira. Well, actually, a lot of people don't know Madeira. Everybody knows Port, at least. But there are some really incredible non-fortified regular reds in particular Mm -hmm. that are fantastic. Oh, yeah. And they're
1: using a lot of the same grapes. It's just Mm -hmm. that they're allowing their character as red still wines to shine forth. I would say probably one of the first and best examples that I have of that is Quinta das Garvayas, Mm -hmm. which is one of the oldest port houses in Portugal. They produce some reds that are absolutely outstanding.
0: Yeah. Quinta also, um, just as a side note, in Portugal basically means winery producer. It's kind of like Chateau in France. Yeah. It's a signifier of that producer.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's a fantastic place.
0: So then we have Vino. Mm-hmm. That's their no GI countrywide. It's, Clue is it's in the win- name. It's wine. it's wine. It's wine. It's wine. The Vino.
1: It's yeah. just wine.
0: There is an aging term that they do use in Portugal. I could not tie this to any specific region, so I am assuming that it is a countrywide mandate like Spain. It is Garrafiera. It is pretty similar to Reserva. For our Tinto Garrafiera, which is red wines, these are going to be a minimum of 30 months and a minimum of 12 months of that is going to be in your bottle. Then we have our branco or our rosado, which is white and rosé, respectively. That is going to be a minimum of 12 months and a minimum of six months in the bottle. Those are the only levels I could find. If there are more, I did not come across them. And reading up on Portugal, Portugal, it's actually kind of hard to find information about their wine laws, I discovered in, in my Googling adventures. You'd kind of just run across Portuguese wine, yeah, which is great. But, yeah, no, no <laughs>
1: complaints there, but it yeah. is kind of hard to get a, a read on them. Also, it's just beautiful there. The Duro River is absolutely gorgeous. Oh,
0: listen, if you have made it this far, just go out and, or go on Google, I should say, and and look up pictures of Spain and oh, Portuguese no, do the, vineyards.
1: Um, if you can, uh, go to YouTube and look up the drone footage of the river mm. while they're just traveling up it. It is
0: gorgeous. I would even dare call it therapeutic. The Wine and Spirits podcast, where we look at drone footage of vineyards for therapy. Mm.
1: Terroir. (laughs) Terroir. I'm so for this. Reserva. Wine regions for my depression.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That'll be the next series that we do.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. So that uh, that seems to be um, the long and the short of Portugal.
0: Yeah. Uh, like I said, there really isn't much to it. But you know. I know I've said this like four times already, but there are fantastic wines come out of Portugal. It is not very popular right now, I guess. I don't hear a lot of people talk about Portugal, but you can find some really good wines. Oh yeah, They are typically heavy reds, so if mm-hmm. that's not your style, know that.
1: Oh, and they can get nice and leathery, too.
0: Yeah, but if that is your style, especially for the price point that you can get a lot of these wines at, absolutely pick up a bottle. Please do. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on our Wine Laws series. We, uh, what, what do we have in the docket for, for next week?
0: If I remember correctly from what we discussed, some wines of East Asia, particularly Japan and China. That's right. Yeah. That
1: is what we discussed. So we are going to be talking about some regions that haven't gotten a ton of attention.
0: Mm-hmm. China is is growing very rapidly, I, I will mm-hmm. say. They are up and coming in, in many in ways. The wine world. For better or for worse. For better or for worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to already say, we're not going to talk about the politics of China on that episode. We are just going to talk about the why.
1: Man, where where would we even get access to some Chinese or
0: Japanese wine? I I have no idea where we I, could get any. I'm certain that it's it's pricey. We could probably call around in some of the local shops cuz I think that would be our best option, but I I don't know.
1: If you guys happen to know how we could find a bottle of this by legal means, we
0: would love to hear from you. Or some, you know, legally gray area means. <laughs> Maybe we don't say that publicly, though. No. no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I still put legal in there.
1: It, yeah, it's it's legal, just sketchy.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm cool with that. Laid back lush, we have a strictly legal but sketchy <laughs> policy. <laughs> oh no, this is how
0: we get cancelled. Or how we go viral, or
1: how we go viral. You know what? Uh, make us go viral at Laidback Lush. Yeah.
0: Uh, if you haven't already, this, put site. it on TikTok, and do a funny dance over it so we can go viral. Yeah, seriously, somebody, somebody who is very attractive, just do a dance. Attractive gamer girl with a wine glass. Make a make a dance with a wine glass. Yeah,
1: you'd be surprised what your audience is. Apparently, <laughs> so so apparently, super wealthy people are just spending their time watching. random cosplayers dancing on TikTok. I mean, if
0: I had enough money that I didn't even know how to spend it in my lifetime, you best believe I would just spend all day on TikTok.
1: Yeah, no, I, it's kind of ruined my sense of humor. Yeah. And I didn't even know that I needed to know as many ways to cook ridiculously fatty foods as I did
0: <laughs> until TikTok And happened. now you know. And now I know. And now you know. The spirit of Paul. well, actually, let's not have the spirit of Paula Dean in you, because...
1: Mm. <laughs> 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 uh, well, thank you so much for joining us on Laidback Lush. If you have not already done so, Please do follow us on those social media outlets. Both Instagram and Twitter are where you can find our thoughts at Laidback Lush. How many more times can we say Laidback Lush? At Laidback Lush. Lush. At Laidback Lush. I say it enough times when I'm out in public. But again, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to having you again next time. And I have been Michael. I have been Gabe. Cheers. Cheers.